You are listening to Riverhouse Church's Sermon of the Week. We hope this talk equips and inspires you. Riverhouse, welcome to Marketplace Sunday. I am so excited to introduce our speaker for this service, who is Nick Daniels. Nick is a powerful, evangelistic, prophetic man of God that just carries the passion and the heart of the Father so well. And uh, he is currently serving in a marketplace in the finance industry and is just one of my favorite people. And I cannot wait for you to get to see just this river of passion that flows from his heart coming out of his mouth and getting all over all of us and uh, igniting fire for us to go out and be missional, be evangelistic, and see God's kingdom come in the marketplace. So let's stand and honor Nick as he comes to share that. awesome, isn't he? Man, that he would just take people like us, bring us together, pour his love out on us. That's ridiculous. Who is this Jesus, right? That, That loves us. It flows through us, man. It blows my mind. It blows my mind. showing up. I want to thank Pastor Jordan, and I call her Mama Robin. I mean, that's just what she is. She's Mama Robin. I want to thank the opportunity to, to be here and share with you guys, you know, and um, let me, let me, I mean, this is where, this is where I'm coming from. I, I, this is, this is really who I am uh, tonight. I want to tell you a little story. So, it was about seven, six or seven years ago, and uh, my whole family, we were, we were in the car, we were headed home, we had been at, a, at an event, and uh, the kids, so Owen, I have three kids, uh, Joel, Owen, and Olivia. And at this time, they're all maybe right around like six, five, three, somewhere in there. And they're, they're telling us what they want to be when they grow up, okay? And so um, the boys were in this season where they were all about like spies and soldiers and policemen, right? And I don't, honestly, I'm sorry, Liv, I don't remember what you wanted to be. But, <laughs> so the boys are like, I want to be a spy when I grow up. Is that okay, Dad? I'm like, yeah, man, that's great, you know? And, and Owen says what he wants to be, and Liv says what she wants to be. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. You guys can do it. You guys can do it. And it gets quiet for a minute. And then Owen says, Dad, yeah, Owen, I changed my mind. About what? About what I want to be when I grow up. Oh, can I? I said, perfect. He goes, can I change my mind? Absolutely, Owen, you can change your mind. He goes, okay. He says, Dad, I don't want to be a spy when I grow up. All right, what do you want to be? And he says, I want to be a plain old guy like you. So, I'm just a plain old guy. I love Jesus. That's about the only thing I really know how to do well, I think. And I just want to share with you tonight. Is that okay? All right. All right. Let's give it up for the plain old guys. So, (laughs) all right. So, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 4. 
And uh, we're going to be starting in verse 35. But first, I've got to give, uh, I gotta give it a little background to set this, set this story up in the Bible. Um, so how many of you have heard about the, uh, the time when, when Jesus, he was asleep in the boat, and there was this massive like hurricane on the Sea of Galilee, and the disciples are freaking out. Have any, any of you guys heard that story? Okay, okay good, because I don't want to have to read a lot. So remember, so this is, this is where we're starting, okay? This huge storm. I mean, it's like a hurricane on the Sea of Galilee. The disciples are flipping out. Jesus calms the storm. Now, how, how many of you guys have ever been in, like, this massive, massive storm? Any, any, I mean, any type of storm. Okay, would it not just be ridiculously freaky if all of a sudden, boom, it stopped? Right? You would notice that, wouldn't you? Okay, you would notice that. You would pay attention, right? So that just happens, and now we jump to, in my Bible, verse... What did I say? 35? Okay, that's not where I want to start. We're going to start at chapter 5, verse 1. Okay? So they just had this hurricane. You would notice if it stopped like that. Chapter 5, verse 1. So they came to the other side to the sea of the sea to the region of the Gerasenes. And as soon as he got out of the boat, he being Jesus, there met him out of the tombs a man under the power of an unclean spirit. This man continually lived among the tombs, and no one could subdue him anymore, even with a chain. For he had been bound often with shackles for the feet and handcuffs, but the handcuffs of chains he wrenched apart. The shackles he rubbed and ground together and broke in pieces, and no one had strength enough to restrain or tame him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always shrieking and screaming and beating and bruising and cutting himself with stones. And when from a distance he saw Jesus, he ran and fell on his knees before him in homage. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God, do not begin to torment me. For Jesus was commanding, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he kept begging him urgently not to send him and the other demons away out of that region. Now a great herd of hogs is grazing there on the hillside, and the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the hogs that we may go into them. So he gave them permission. The unclean spirits came out of the man, entered into the hogs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed headlong down the steep slope into the sea and were drowned in the sea. The hog feeders ran away. They told it in the town and in the country, and the people came to see what it was that had taken place. Then they came to Jesus and looked intently and searchingly at the man who had been a demoniac sitting there clothed and in his right mind. The same man who had the legion of demons, and they were seized with alarm and struck with fear. And those who had seen it related in full what had happened to the man possessed by demons and to the hogs. And they began to beg Jesus to leave their neighborhood. And when he had stepped into the boat, the man who had been controlled by the unclean spirits kept begging him that he might be with him. But Jesus refused to permit him, but said to him, go home to your own family and relatives and friends and bring back word to them of how much the Lord has done for you, how he has had sympathy for you and mercy on you. 
and he departed and began to publicly proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were astonished and marveled. Let's pray. Jesus, we so honor you tonight. We so want to make room in, your, in our hearts for what you want to do. Lord, we want to be so yielded to your desires. Not just for our own lives, but God, for this region, for this world. So, Father, we just invite you to have your way in us. Lord, that these words tonight, let it not just impact us in this room tonight, but God, it's got to impact our city. It's got to impact this region, God. If it's not felt in our valley tomorrow, then Lord, we missed it. So help us to enter into what you have for us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. This story is crazy, isn't it? I mean, can you imagine being this man? 10,000 demons inside of you, controlling you, pulling your strings, right? And you're on the hillside seeing this hurricane, and it stops like that? Oh, he took notice. And what does the Bible say when Jesus stepped out of the boat? He met him right there. Oh, listen, 10,000 demons couldn't stop this guy from worshiping Jesus. What's stopping you? Oh, but that's not my message. I'm sorry. That's just a little extra. No. Really? Really? No, that's just, that's a freebie. This is what blows my mind, all right? Verse 19 of chapter 5. Jesus refused to permit him to come with him. But he said to this man, go home. Now, I don't know about you, man, but I'd be like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus, I need extended time with you. Like, I need some discipleship training. I need to know the word, right? Maybe surround me. Like, can I just be the 13th disciple? I mean, you know what's going to happen, right? So, like, let me just be positioned. Even in the church, right? We would, come on, think about it. We, we're, we're so typically like the same, the same way, right? The answer is not, oh, just, okay, you got to go. Like, we're like, no, no, put support around him, do all this, do all that, right? I mean, that's, that's like, that seems logical to me. And yet Jesus tells this guy, go home. Thanks, bud. <laughs> the spirit of the father's house is on me, I guess. <laughs> so... That's a good thing. If I'm operating under his anointing, that's a good thing. So, so anyway, you know, I identify with this guy. I mean, let me, let me be real. I come here week in and week out. 
And there are so many times where I'm like, Jesus, if I could just stay right here, that would be really, really good. If I could just stay in this moment, can I, can I just live right here? But Jesus says to me, like he says to this guy, he says, man, go home. Go home. That's, man, that's challenging to me. That's challenging to me. It's like he's saying, go into that marketplace. Go into that darkness. Go be salt. Go be light. Go home. Go back to that ordinary thing. Go back and, and live that ordinary life. Right? So, so I find myself saying, how? How do I do this, God? <laughs> Anyone, am I the only one that says how sometimes? I am? <laughs> I heard a lot of yes. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> can anyone identify with me? Now you can say yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> I was like, man, why am I preaching? <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, this is fun. Listen, God is asking me to carry a kingdom perspective into the marketplace every day. He's been telling me that these perspectives are going to open up doors for others to encounter him through my life. Now, I want to make like, you know, full transparency. I know what I'm doing every day of my life. And I have no clue what I'm doing every day of my life. Okay, that, I mean, that's like, I know, I, wait, I am living for the kingdom, I am making a difference, I am making an impact, I know this, and yet every day, I, I really don't know what I'm doing, I'm just like, Jesus, would you help me, okay, all right, all right, so that's, is this a good crowd, okay, all right, so all I can do, all this and all I can do is I'm going to share with you guys what the Lord is, is helping me to do on a daily basis to bring the kingdom into the marketplace, all right? This is real, like, real, real simple. So here's where he's working on me, the perspectives he's developing me. If you're taking notes, here you go. Point number one. When he's telling me to go home, he's saying, hey, stop romanticizing the lives of others. Start romanticizing your own life, Nick. I, I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty so many times of like closing my eyes and thinking, man, if I just live their life, man, then things would be good. If I just was at the point that they are, then things would be good. And I start like glamorizing people's lives. I start romanticizing people's lives that they don't have problems. They don't have issues. They're not walking through what I'm walking through. They don't know. They're easy. I, like sometimes I feel like Asaph in Psalm 73. Write that down. Read that. Oh my gosh. That chapter in the Bible, Psalm 73, that'll mess you up. <laughs> in fact, let me just tell you kind of what it says. Let's go. Let's go. 
You guys are fun. <laughs> Truly, God is only good to Israel, even those who are upright and pure in heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious of the foolish and arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They suffer no violent pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. They're not in trouble as other men, neither are they smitten and plagued like other men. Therefore, pride is about their necks like a chain. Violence covers them like a garment, like a long, luxurious robe. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish, and the imaginations of their mind overflow with follies. They scoff. They wickedly utter oppression. They speak loftily from on high, maliciously and blasphemously. They set their mouths against and speak down from heaven, and their tongues swagger through the earth, invading even heaven with blasphemy and smearing earth with slanders. Therefore, as people return here, and waters of a full cup offered by the wicked are blindly drained by them, and they say, how does God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these, don't, I'm sorry, don't you read the Bible like this? If you don't, that's why it's boring to you, I'm just saying. Verse 12. This is not good, you guys. Like, there's no way. We keep this up. I'm never getting through these notes in time. That's... Verse 12. Behold, these are the ungodly who always prosper and are at ease in the world. They increase in riches. Surely then in vain have I cleansed my heart and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long I've been smitten and plagued and chastened every morning. Now had I spoken thus and given expression to my feelings... I would have been untrue and have dealt treacherously against the generation of your children. But when I considered how to understand this, it was too great an effort for me and too painful until I went to the sanctuary of God. Then I understood, for I considered their end. After all, you do set the wicked in slippery places. You cast them down to ruin and destruction. How they become a desolation in a moment. They're utterly consumed with terrors as a dream which seems real until one awakens. So, O oh Lord, when you arouse yourself to take note of the wicked, you will despise their outward show. For my heart was grieved, embittered, and in a state of ferment, and I was pricked in my heart as with the sharp fangs of an adder. So foolish, stupid, and brutish was I, and ignorant. I was like a beast before you, Jesus. Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You do hold my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to honor and glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And I have no delight or desire on earth besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the rock and firm strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You will destroy all who are false to you and like spiritual harlots depart from you. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God and made him my refuge that I may tell of all your works. Asaph was doing the same thing. He started romanticizing about the lives of others. And it almost cost him. He says it, man, I almost slipped. I almost gave up on my faith. I almost forgot what this whole thing is about. Because when you and I are...
are spending our energies romanticizing about how great someone else's life is, we are robbing ourselves of the creativity, of the ingenuity, of, of like supernatural, like divine daydreaming to create with God and dream with God about what our lives are supposed to be. So stop romanticizing the lives of others. Start romanticizing your own. Do you know how many billions of people on this planet would, would give up everything they have to live the life you and I live? My gosh. Dude, I got problems. If I'm really, honestly, I got problems if I'm complaining about my life and situation. That's what I love about this house, though. Dude, it is like, it is divine design. I'm telling you, it is the grace of God, it is the gift of God that we've got River House Global as a part of River House. Why? Because it's going to keep us grounded. Amen? Listen, it's a lie that tells you someone else's lives and experiences make them better than you and I. And it takes away from our own. Let me... Remember, I'm just a plain old guy, okay? I'm just a plain old guy. So if you don't like what I'm about to say, that's okay. It really is. But at River House, I want to make sure that we stop romanticizing I like saying, man, my life would be just so much better if I could be on staff there. As awesome as all of you guys are, as much as the staff would love to hang out with every single one of you in every single service, all week long to take us out of the marketplace to be at church all week long no 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 we can't do that and listen I'm telling you like I am guilty I am guilty of romanticizing, like, how great would it be? Like, oh, man, Jordan just, like, he just levitates in the presence of God all day. And then he just kind of, like, floats in here and gives us this word that, like, rips our faces off. And we're like, oh, my God. Like, if I could just do that all day. I know, I'm the only one that thinks like that, I know. This plain old guy, man, but like, listen, 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 here's, here's the truth. Here's the truth. I've been on staff at churches. 
had, I've had the great honor, the great honor of like my full-time priority being like building the kingdom through the avenue of a staff position. And it gets really, really easy if you're not careful to let it like to be completely disconnected from the marketplace. And I, I know, I know that it might be hard to believe it, but there are days, not for Jordan, of course, <laughs> but when, when I'm just speaking for me, I promise you, I'm just speaking for me. There are days when I woke up as a pastor, it was just another job, and I didn't feel like going to the office. There were problems bigger than me. Issues I had no clue how to solve. People I couldn't change. So let's stop romanticizing everyone else. Let's start romanticizing our own lives. Let's start dreaming with God about what the best version of me could look like. Come on, come on, is that good? All right, I think I beat that one in the ground. So what else, what else, what else? Here's the other perspective that God is helping me to develop. Because this makes a difference in the marketplace, I'm telling you it does. When God's telling me to go home, He's saying, remember that I have more than enough for everyone all the time. I, I can't allow myself to be intimidated by the success of others. Now, I work in the realm of finance, and money's a really weird thing because it makes people do weird things. It really does, right? The televangelist that comes, comes on TV, and what does everyone do? They grab their wallet, right? <laughs> All right, maybe I'm a little bit too old for. <laughs> that, I'm telling you, like, I felt that one. That one went right over, like, 90% of this crowd. It's okay. <laughs> That's what happens when you're just a plain old guy, right? Like, you're not, you're not really with it. Listen, listen, here's the thing, okay? The world system tells us that if someone else hits it big, then my chances have just decreased. Right? That's what the world says. If someone else gets a raise, great. I'm toast. You know? Someone else has a big sale, great. That means that's one less opportunity for me to have a big sale for me. Someone gets a contract. Someone gets, a, gets to build a, 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 a bigger house or someone sells a bigger house or someone develops a, a, a better app or a greater idea or whatever, all this kind of stuff, right? If I don't develop a mindset that God always has more than enough for everyone, then what happens is I start operating out of fear and insecurity. I develop this poverty mindset and everything that I do, it, come, it, becomes, it becomes reactionary, Right? 
And like almost like I have no control over it because I'm just, I'm just reacting to that and to this and to that. And I'm like, ah, ah. plain old guys do that. And so God is telling me like, Nick, in the marketplace, you've got to have this mentality that there's more than enough, that there's more than enough. So, um, yeah, so, so turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Listen to this verse. This will help keep us rooted and grounded. I love the sound of pages turning, guys. That is awesome. That is beautiful. Hmm. Hebrews 13, 5. Listen to what the Bible says. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, craving for earthly possessions. Be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. If you're not reading Amplified, you should. <laughs> I will not, I will not, I will not leave you without what you need. I have more than enough. There's no way I'm going to loosen my grip on you. When that is rock solid in my DNA, dude, I have so much freedom to just be who I am in the marketplace. Let me give you an example, right? So again, I work in finance, and um, um, so back in November, I believe it was, um, we, we brought in a, a rep from out of town, and, um, and we were doing joint field work with him, and, and one guy in my company, he's been in it about a year, and, uh, and he worked really, really hard. Like he, before, before this guy came in from out of town, um, my, my co-worker, like he spent like two weeks working nights making phone calls, trying to set appointments. Man, he put in the time. And then he had these appointments, uh, did this joint field work, and it was really, really great. Everybody wanted to do business with him, and it, it was awesome. I mean, it was awesome, right? He worked hard. He was diligent. Things panned out. And I, I believe the Lord rewarded him, right? He got, to, he got to write some great business. And so, so the next week, that next Monday, I was, I was telling him. I was standing while well, we were talking in the hallway. And, and, um, and it was me and our director and my coworker. And the, really, the director and coworker just are, are just talking about everything and, and how, how great it was. And, and I start doing this. Now, when my leg does that, that's Holy Ghost. And I'm like, not now, Jesus. <laughs> not now. You know, like, because here's the deal. Like, he's been in the industry. He's been in the industry. I'm like two and a half months in at this point, three months in. I don't know anything. I already admitted to you. Like, I don't know what I'm doing on a daily basis. <laughs> and the Lord's like, tell him. Tell him. I said, it's not like some big revelation. <laughs> I just said, I said, man, I'm so proud of you. 
I know it probably doesn't mean anything from someone in my position, but I want you to know, like, I'm proud of you. You worked hard. You put in the time. You, you, like, you set these appointments. You served your clients really well. And now look what's happening. I just think it's awesome. I think it's awesome that you had an incredible week of success. And I want you to know that. And he looked at me like this. came to my office later that day. He said, man, you have no idea what that meant to me. Because in this industry, man, if someone gets a client, you're kind of like watching your back. Who's going to try to steal that client from me? And there's like 13, 14 people within our, our offices here in the valley. And he was like, you're the only one that told me you were happy for me. Like, look, man, that's, I mean, angels didn't show up, the manna didn't show up when I opened my Bible, you know, like nothing <laughs> like that. But listen, it's kingdom. Yeah. It's kingdom because I'm telling you, every day when I go into the office, I do know this. I am bringing an abundant mindset. Yeah. There is more than enough business, man. There's more than enough, there's... There are so many people in this valley that need, that need help with finances. There's so many people in this valley that need help with, um, with whatever it is that you do. Right? There's so many people that need beautiful flower arrangements. I don't know why, but I know what you do, right? So, like, I mean, I know, I know, I know, I know why. I know what she does. We talked. I know what she does. That wasn't, like, some word of knowledge, right? You're tracking with me. I just want you to, want to be clear. I don't know why I felt like singling you out. That's what I mean, okay? God help me. This is a mess. This is just an outright mess. But listen, here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing, okay? I'm, I'm telling you that God is really, really good at using work, my family, my circumstances, to expose and drive out my own insecurities. Has anyone else noticed that? And so what, one of the things I'm doing in developing this perspective of abundance is that any time I feel something rising up inside of me that gets me a little bit scared, a little bit like, ah, I'm trying to just say, like, go there, God. Out in Jesus' name, like fear, insecurity. Get out. Get out. Because if that can get out, he can get in, and then he can go out, right? And isn't that the point? I thought that was the point. So it changes the atmosphere. I'm telling you, I walk, I walk through the halls of my office on a weekly basis. God, there's enough, there's enough, there's more than enough, there's more than enough. I want my team to believe there's more than enough. I want people to believe, I, I want you, I want you to be saying there's more than enough, there's more than enough, there's more than enough. There's more than enough beautiful homes for you to build. There's more than enough beautiful homes for you to sell. There's more than enough beautiful people for you to educate. There's more than enough people that need, that need a, a godly, God-fearing, anointed salesperson to like treat you well, honor you well, and help you get those, those goods and services that you're looking for, right? There's more than enough. So this is just what I'm 
trying to develop as I partner with Jesus. This is what I also find happening. As this mindset is developing, it's fostering greater creativity and ingenuity because I'm not wasting time thinking about how to protect what little I have. Okay? A poverty mindset, we're going to be, man, we are going to be spending a lot of energy, like, protecting this. When behind us is like the oceans of the world that God has given us. But I'm like, oh, but i got to protect this. Man, you guys are fun. Okay, we got that point. Next, 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 moving on. Taking notes, this is, this is point number three. You should be taking notes. This is huge, you guys. This one here, I really believe, care. This, is, this is a two-edged sword, this point. This point has direct application for the marketplace, but I'm telling you this one also has direct application for us as a family. Okay? Honor what others carry. When Jesus is telling me to go home, just go do that ordinary job. Go do that normal thing. Part of what he's telling me to do is to honor what others carry. It's time for me to drop jealousy and to get genuinely excited for the talents and abilities of others. Like genuinely excited. You know, Proverbs says that God lets the rain fall on the righteous and the unrighteous' crops. In, in our world today, that would mean that, like, uh, just, is anyone in here in sales? Sales of any kind? Raise your hand if you're sales of any kind. God bless you. I honor you. God can make Christian salesmen prosper and unchristian salesmen prosper. Because it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. And we need to be able to honor what other people are carrying. You know, the gifts of God, the gifts and the calling, they're without repentance. They'll, they'll operate in a person's life whether they're yielded to the Lord or not. Because God put it in them. And one of the things that the Lord keeps telling me to do is, man, honor, 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 honor. They don't have to be a saved person to honor what they carry. So if there's someone in your industry that's doing something better than you, instead of being insecure by that, instead of being intimidated by that, instead of criticizing, how about we honor? We come low up to them. Say, man, I just, man, I recognize you are... You are gifted in the way that you talk to people. You're gifted in the, in the way that you, that you get people to open up and share what it is they're truly needing, what it is they're truly looking for, and then you think so quickly on your feet on how to answer that question. Can you tell me how you do that?
even amongst our family, guys. I'm just telling you right now, I don't ever feel like I have been a part of a family like this. Riverhouse is so exceptional. So exceptional. The people that God is assembling here, this is like the A team. I'm glad more people got that one. I mean, like, like, gosh, we can do anything. The level of talent and ability and anointing in this room is amazing. But, you know, there are times where I walk in and I feel like, whoa. Like, my anointing to compare to their anointing is like, I know you guys don't do that, but I do that. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to get to know them because they're, they're better at that than me. I recognize they carry the same thing I carry, but they carry it so much better. They're operating at a higher level. Oh, maybe I'll just go this way. Here's the thing. Turn with me to Matthew. Chapter 10. Instead of being intimidated, instead of hiding, how about we do what Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 and 41 tell us? He who receives and welcomes and accepts you, receives and welcomes and accepts me. He who receives and welcomes and accepts me, receives and welcomes and accepts him who sent me. He who receives and welcomes and accepts a prophet, because he is a prophet, shall receive a prophet's reward. He who receives and welcomes and accepts a righteous man, because he is a righteous man, shall receive a righteous man's reward. I believe that God would give us the liberty to say that he who receives and accepts and welcomes a teacher because they are an anointed teacher could receive a teacher's reward. That he who accepts, receives, and welcomes an anointed businessman could receive an anointed businessman's reward. He who accepts and receives and welcomes a mother who's excellent at raising and nurturing world changers can receive the reward of being that same kind of mother. Are you tracking with me? Right? He who receives and accepts, you fill in the blank. A good real estate agent, a good builder, a good banker, whatever it is, if you will honor what is on them, God says, then I can put it on you. Sounds pretty good to me, right? (laughs) Honor opens up that door. So, how are you honoring people in the marketplace? Like, I know this is simple stuff, guys. But even big doors turn on small hinges. (laughs) 
I know that one's good. <laughs> I'll just leave that one right there. Huh? Let me, give you, let me give you a real deal example. Real deal example. I think you can tell. I don't really hide much or cover much up. But. So I'm a, I'm a pickup guy. Okay, I, I grew up in rural eastern Oregon. Yeah, around here for pickups, right? Like, part of what I'm dreaming of being my best is like driving, pickup, window down, arm out, dog in the back, tongue. And just like, yeah, you know, like. I love pickups. <laughs> I drive a small hybrid SUV. <laughs> I know. So, so one day recently, one day recently, a friend of mine walked out in the parking lot. I see they got a brand new pickup. The kind I really like. <laughs> I'm left with a couple choices. I can get bitter and jealous. Start criticizing or complaining or romanticizing in a really negative way. Like a why they shouldn't have that or Blah, 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 blah. And I'll say this. I thank God. I give him the credit. He said, you could just thank me for blessing him. I said, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Lord, thank you for blessing him. Not only that, but Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you've blessed him with a heart that can just enjoy that blessing. That you, that I thank you, Lord, that you have given me friends that know how to have things, but things don't have them. What a blessing, Lord, to be surrounded by men in my life that I can look at as an example and say, say, if I can work hard, if I can honor their work ethic, come underneath their work ethic, let that start dripping down on me, then in due time, right, because there's seed, time, and then harvest, if I can honor the path that they have walked and step in to that, then, Lord, you're no respecter of persons. You can do it for me, too. Doesn't that sound a whole lot better than, like, casting deadly firebrands? I think it sounds better. We need to be a people of high, high honor. High, high honor. We have the ability to change the atmosphere where we work. Change the culture. Change the conversations in the teacher's lounge. I was a substitute teacher. Oh, there's some honor needed in those teacher's lounges. <laughs> Jesus. 
Man, you know what I'm saying? You guys tracking with me? Yeah. If you want what they got, honor how they got it. Whether they're saved or unsaved, honor God in them. Okay. Lastly, This is, this is the last perspective I'll share with you that God is developing in me to help me bring the kingdom. This, this is the strangest one for me, and I'll just be honest, this is really, really strange for me. But he's saying, Nick, I want you to learn to live without labels. And, and this, is, this is what I mean, right? For... For the majority of Emily and I's married lives, honestly, the majority of my adult working life, I've, I've been a, a pastor on staff at churches. And with labels, labels, they, they do kind of give us a sense of security and identity, don't they? Right? I mean, you're talking with the people. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I do this. What do you do? Oh, I do this. And I'm not saying if they're right or wrong, but labels do give us a sense of identity. They kind of can give us a sense of purpose. They, they almost, in a, in, a way, in a way, labels can, can kind of give us a, 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 an understanding of how we're supposed to operate. Right? Like, if you're a teacher, oh, I know, I'm, I'm supposed to communicate concepts to people. So in this environment, like, I, I, need, I need to break it down into small pieces. It's right that it's telling me how to operate in that moment. But I think God is up to something really amazing. I think he's raising up really a people without labels. Where we're not going to be looking at people like he's a businessman and she's a teacher he paints houses, he fixes cars, she heals people, like, right? I think what God is wanting to do, honestly, is just invade the earth with labelless people. Let's, let's, let's read something here in the Bible. Turn, turn to 1 Samuel 18. I know I'm jumping all around, but you do what you want when he gives you the mic. First <laughs> Samuel 18. I'm just going to read verses 1 through 5. When David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. Jonathan loved him as his own life. Saul took David that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own life. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor, even his sword, his bow, and his girdle. 
And David went out wherever Saul sent him, and he prospered and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and it was satisfactory both to the people and to Saul's servants. Get this. The king put a mantle on his son. The son made a covenant and exchanged with a plain old guy. That plain old guy put on a mantle that he didn't earn, didn't deserve. That plain old guy was given weapons, was given tools. And now all of a sudden, David, this little shepherd boy, right? This little farm kid. It's a little like the Bible's version of Luke Skywalker, just a farm boy, right? <laughs> All right, maybe I won't use that next time if I ever preach again. <laughs> Think about this, though. This, this blows my mind. Because now, David walks into the army, and think about the soldiers. They're like, wait, he looks like David, but that's the clothing of Jonathan, I don't, wait, I don't, wait, what do I do with that? How did he have access here? Wait, all of a sudden, like, the sergeants, the lieutenants, the commanders, right, David walks in and like, oh, wait, I thought I was in charge, but maybe now I'm not, because some, something just, well, the presence just came in. I thought I was familiar with it, but there's something else on him that says, I need to give him some respect. I need to give him some space. David could go among the people. He could go among the palace, where before he had no access to the palace. Now they're walking in. Is that the king's son? I'm not sure. It doesn't quite look like him, but he's got the clothing. He's got the mantle. He's got the tools. David's going in and out, in and out, because of an exchange that took place. And what I find the Lord drawing me into, in order to make a difference in the marketplace, I really find him drawing me into this place where he's saying, Nick, would you just have an exchange with me? Would, would you just spend some time with me letting me do an exchange? And I'm going to put you where I need you, and you're going to be what I need you to be in any situation, in any environment. So it's really, really like, honestly, guys, it's hard for me. Because I'm, I'm, I'm accustomed to a label. I'm accustomed to a label giving me, giving me the parameters by which I operate. And it's so strange in this exchange because, like, one day I'm, at, I'm, I'm trying to meet people. And I see this person. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go talk to him. I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm thinking I'm wearing the label of, you know, working in finance. And I go talk to this guy. And I just strike up a conversation. And all of a sudden I realize, oh, this isn't about finance. It's not about that label. This guy's going through some hard stuff. This guy's wife is like dealing with some things. We need to pray. We need to get Jesus in the midst of this, right? And I'm not wearing a label of that. I'm just wearing a label of I'm his. I'm his. And because I'm his, he is here. So like I get, I talk with this guy, pray with this guy. I start realizing yeah, this guy needs a friend. I've taken this guy shooting. I really don't know him with that from Adam. But every time I'm with him, every time I talk to him on the phone, the Lord's like, man, you know what this guy needs? He needs a friend. 
He needs a friend. And would you be willing to put down a label and just go be what I need you to be in that moment? And this is what I see him doing. Honestly, like I see God strategically like just flooding this people, flooding this valley with people that we don't need a label. We don't need that, that type of thing to tell us how to operate. But we spent time daily in this exchange with him where now he's put something on us that gives us access to places we really shouldn't be and with people we shouldn't be around. But here we are, and now we can give him away. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? I'm glad this is tracking with you guys. So why, why is God, why is God telling me to develop these perspectives? Why is God wanting, why is it so important for us to like only be concerned with being his on behalf of the marketplace? It's because he's setting the stage for a regional transformation. Jump with me back to Mark. Now we're not going to read it all, but in Mark chapter 6, beginning at verse 47. We read about another time when the disciples are on a boat in the middle of Lake Galilee and doggone it, but another hurricane storm comes up. This is the story where they see Jesus walking on water and freak out. It's a different time. It's another time. But just like that other one, as soon <laughs> as soon as Jesus gets into the boat, boom, the storm stops. So now jump with me to verse 53 of Mark chapter 6. When they crossed over, they reached the land of Gennesaret and came to anchor at the shore. Now this is the same region where the demoniac was. Same general vicinity. As soon as they got out of the boat, the people recognized him. And they ran about the whole countryside and began to carry around sick people on their sleeping pads or mats to any place where they heard that he was. And whenever he came into villages or cities or the country in that region, they would lay the sick in the marketplaces and beg him that they might touch even the fringe of his outer garment. And as many as touched him were restored to health. The whole point of Jesus telling this man to go home was so that he could set the stage for a regional transformation the next time Jesus decided to show up. Hello, the whole reason God is telling you and I to go into the marketplace with these perspectives and this idea is because the next time people have a crisis, a hurricane, something in their lives, and they need this, Jesus to show up, we're ready. We've been preparing. We've been saturating them, right, with this attitude that changes things. No one's getting excited. I must be preaching bad, but this is really awesome in my mind. He's setting the stage for regional transformation through you every single day. 
He knows what he's doing. He's raising up nameless, faceless, labelless people whose only desire is to seek him, to be his, to have this exchange so that every single day, wherever I'm walking, I am preparing the way for him to come and move and get glory in this place. Listen, I am here in this city. I've been here for five years because God wants regional transformation. He's wanting to stamp and imprint his kingdom on this region. He wants to draw the nations to Boise, Idaho, and the entire Treasure Valley because of how he's wanting to show up here, not through the man behind the pulpit, but through how he's showing up through the people who simply went home. I'm telling you. So here's what we're going to do. <laughs> Part of me feels like I'm about to get ran out of here. <laughs> here's what we're going to do, though. We're going to practice some of this right here, right now. I want us to stand up. us to join hands across the room tonight because here's the reality you guys here's the reality we need what the person on our right and our left is carrying we need it we need to honor what they have we need to honor God in them so that we can walk in that ourselves they need what you carry no room for insecurities Right? No room for inferiority. You are exactly who God wants you to be, exactly how he wants you to be. And if you are not who you are, I cannot be who I am. Because I'll be missing a part of me if you're not fulfilling all of you. So here's what I want us to do, man. I want us to pray for the person on our right and our left. I want you to look at him right now and say, man, I honor what's on you. And I want us to begin to pray for each other. And I want, to th- I want you guys, like, listen, I'm serious, right now. Right now, let's start to pray. And I'm going to lead you. And I'm going to steal Garrett because I honor what's on him. <laughs> so, Father... I thank you. Yeah, you don't have to repeat after me, but I'm just kind of like leading. <laughs> Father, I thank you for Garrett. I thank you for what he carries, God. I thank you that he's a man after your own heart, a man who knows how to usher in your presence, a man who knows how to make you feel welcome and create a safe place for you to fall, Holy Spirit. And I thank you that every single day he's carrying you all throughout the day. God, I honor what's on him. I honor what's on him. God, I thank you for the gift that he is. I thank you for his marriage, his family, Lord, that it is to be. And I thank you, God, for how you delight to show up in his life. And you delight to show your glory through him. And you delight to to draw people to you through his life, God. 
Lord, I thank you. I thank you for, for the anointing that is on people in this room. The anointing to have amazing businesses, God. The anointing to have creative ideas. I thank you that there's an anointing on, on people in this room to make videos and, and, and graphic design and, and projects that just that change the way that people interact with social media, that change the way that people interact with, uh, with each other, Lord. I thank you that, that in this room, God, the best designs, the best houses, the, 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 those ideas and designs are here in this room and they're coming out, God. Lord, I just, I just pray over my brothers and my sisters right now, God. I pray that you would awaken their dreams again. Awaken that anointing that's inside of them, God. I pray that you would break off fear, break off insecurity, God. I thank you that the freedom that, that is in here, it's being imparted into one another. The, the strength, the joy of knowing you, the desire to be wholly yours, God, it's being imparted one to another as we're praying for each other right now, God. Where were my salespeople? People in sales, raise your hand. Raise your hand. I want you to look around. I want you to look around. If you're in sales of any kind, look around. Let's let's pray. Let's pray for our salesmen in this room. Let's pray right now. Jesus, I thank you for godly salesmen and women. I thank you for people, Lord, that serve not for what they can get, but for what they can give. I thank you, God, that you're raising up salesmen and saleswomen in this region that know how to serve with excellence, that know how to serve with gratitude, that know how to make an impact on people's lives by the words that they say, the attitude that they carry, the way that they go low to serve those that they're, they're, they're ministering to. Lord, it is a ministry. It is a gift of ministry to sell to people well, to treat people with honor in that process and to serve them with great dignity and to help them because, yeah, God is helping people achieve their dreams and have their needs met. It's a beautiful thing. How many people, raise your hand if you're in like some sort of like, like production type thing. You, you build homes, you, you roof, you paint, you're, you're a painter, some sort of like you produce things. You produce things. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Look around. Look around. Gather around. Gather around our producers. It is a blessing. It is a blessing to be able to produce something. We need godly producers. Gather around. Lay your hands on those who are they're in the production. Lord, we bless them right now. We speak a blessing over those that are in production, God, that build. Lord, bless their hands to work. Bless their minds, God, to know how to fix problems and solve those things, God. Father, I pray that you would increase their sense of self-worth right now because we need godly producers. It's not a lesser position. I break that off in Jesus' name. I'll break that off. It's not a lesser thing. It's not a lower thing. It's an honorable thing. So that we honor them. We honor what you've put in them. You've gifted them, God, with the ability to build, the ability to produce, God. We honor it. We value it. We need it, God. And I pray that you would just increase that anointing on their lives. In Jesus' name.
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We have any teachers? Anyone in the education field? And it could be like you teach at a school, or it could be like you're a corporate trainer, teacher. You, you teach, you educate, any way, shape, or form. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I see a few over here. Come on. We need, we need kingdom teachers. So gather around him right now. Gather around and bless them. Pour, pour into them. Lord, we honor our teachers right now. Lord, we honor our teachers, God. It is a gift to carry the kingdom into these environments where they are communicating truths. They are imparting wisdom. They are imparting knowledge, God. They are imparting ability through teaching. So, Lord, we bless their efforts, God. We bless their capacity, God. God, they're compassionate people. They're tender people. God, they pour their lives out into others. And so, Lord, we bless them, Lord. We bless them with supernatural wisdom, supernatural creativity, and to know how to communicate, even to those hard people, those hard students, God. We bless them with the ability to open up their hearts. Reach into those hearts. Yes, 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 yes. We honor them, Father. We honor them. We honor them. They're making a difference. They're making a difference. They're making a difference every single day. They're bringing the kingdom. They're bringing the kingdom. Service, service industry. Service industry. Anyone in the service industry? Like that's really your job. Like you serve others. Service industries. And I'm going to like dovetail like medical into that because, man, what a service. So med medical field, service industry, any way, shape, or form. Look around, find a hand, lay hands on them. Oh, my God. Lord, I thank you for the people in the service industry and the medical field, God. Their job, their job is to give people an incredible experience. And Lord, I pray that you would just pour out an anointing on them, Father. An anointing to serve. Lord, an anointing to have a meal. A meal whose experience is so powerful, it really opens them up to your glory, God. A situation with a nurse, a doctor, an EMT, Lord, whose encounter with them is so powerful, God, it opens them up to your glory. God, you love to show up in the service of others. So, Father, I just bless their anointing. I bless them, Lord, to carry the kingdom into the service and medical field, God. We thank you for them. We honor what's on them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.
just want to say this to everybody. I feel this is the Lord. I want you to hear this coming from the Lord. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for doing what you do. Your work is a beautiful work. Your life is a beautiful life. glory and honor to him every single day. And I want you to hear it. Thank you for doing what you do. It is not less than. It is not inferior to. It is vitally necessary. So thank you. Thank you for bringing the kingdom into the marketplace every single day. Here's front line. Where is front line? every single day. I honor that. God says, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. It's beautiful in His sight. It's glorious in His sight. Can you receive that? Listen, we're going to, this is it. There'll be some altar workers if you want some more prayer. If you want some impartation, if you recognize someone in this room that carries something that you know that you're supposed to carry but don't know how or don't do well, I believe there's an opportunity for impartation tonight. If you're willing to go low, willing to pour out what we have on one another because we're family. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening to the Riverhouse podcast. For more information, visit riverhouseministries.com.